Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Hey, magical humans, I've got a great episode for you today. But first, I wanted to tell you about something I've been working on in the background. It's called the Up Level with Ease Sisterhood, and it's a group coaching experience that I'm going to do with an intimate group of women. That means I'm limiting the number of people that are going to be in the group because I want to foster a real sense of sisterhood where we will support each other to help each other grow and sparkle. We'll dive into feminine energy of ease and flow, and we will up-level our lives in every way, personally, in relationships, in our businesses, in our sport, wherever you want it. If you feel called to join this experience or are curious and want to learn more, message me ASAP. I'll tell you all the details and reserve your spot. Now, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Natalie Vartanian. So I started this podcast as a way to celebrate and explore with people who are basically saying, screw the rules, screw all that stuff I'm supposed to do. And Natalie is a celebration of that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you have just, you, you forge your own path. And you're rocking it. And I love it. And so thank you for being here. Let's dive into that. Thanks, Kelsey. That's so sweet. <laughs> Thanks. So let's start out. I guess I guess we should share with people what do you do? I mean, you're a total unicorn. Yeah. What do you do? Why do you do it? Who are you? Start wherever you want. Yeah. I guess I'll start with this realization I've been having recently about one of my highest values in the world. I always used to think it was a love because I do. I, I love people. I want people to feel love and freed up around love and permission to love, but I'm actually realizing it's freedom. Like that to me is the epitome of why I'm kind of on this earth for myself and for other people. You know, I just want people to feel free to live and love and work in whatever way works for them, you know, whatever way turns them on. So, you know, professionally, kind of my brand right now is this turned on life. You know, I want I want people to feel turned on by their lives. I want them to feel turned on in life, you know, turned on in their relationships and all that. But I think it just always comes back to freedom for me you know, and that permission to be able to create your life in whatever way works for you. I'm right there with you, sister. Yeah, (laughs) right, which is why I love what you do too. Yeah, exactly. Freedom is definitely one of my top values. Yeah. If not my top value. I don't, I don't like doing uh, like superlatives, (laughs) like ranking things. I've never been good with that. Freedom is a top value for sure. So how yeah, and I think the close, close seconds for me are 
um, compassion and intimacy. So because I'm, I do a lot of work around relationships, you know, and, and intimacy and communication and all of that. So, I mean, it's just like, how do we have the most amazing relationships we can have? You know, it's just, I've been obsessed since young with relationships. Yeah. Okay, wait. So I think it's really interesting. So you like ditched love and replaced it with compassion and intimacy? Yeah. Two separate yeah. things? Yeah, I think so. Because I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's because love to me is such a broad word. Just, you know, we were talking earlier about abundance, right? It's just such a big word. It can mean so many things. And to me, when we can kind of dive in and get really specific about the components, that helps to create it. So to me, it's how do you have amazing relationships? It's to have compassion, right, for yourself and other. And then to create intimacy, how can we feel super connected in every moment, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean just in a romantic sense. I want everyone to feel intimate, you know, with their friends, with their family, with their colleagues, with their neighbors, with strangers, you know, it's, it's that to me, it's, yeah, just that, that pairing down and really getting very specific about what creates that big love that everyone talks about. And to me, it's like freedom, compassion, and intimacy. And that equals love. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I love that you come at it from that direction because I don't know, what would you say if I said, how do you define love? (sighs) Right. I mean, even that, I'm just like, oh God, how would I (laughs) describe love? You know, it's just so huge. Um, How would I describe love? Connection. respect, compassion, empathy, um, kindredness, you know, um, support. Like, yeah, there's just so many ways you can describe love. There really is. Yeah, it feels huge. And there's so many different types of love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's back out of it. I feel like we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there. <laughs> back out of this one and go find another one. <laughs> How did you get so interested, like fascinated by love? Yeah. Hmm. That is such a good question. I guess I wouldn't say the fascination was with love. It was with relationships, you know, and, and feeling connection um, with people. Cause I do, I value my relationships so highly and all of my relationships, friendships, just as much, if not more so than romantic in a lot of ways, you know, I, you know, my people know and it's such a joke about your, you have the biggest inner circle I know of. Cause I do, I, I, I collect, amazing people and I really do the work to foster those relationships you know they're so important to me and because it's it is our tribe I don't think we're supposed to do this alone you know we're such a we're we're social creatures you know and so how can you then thrive if you don't have really beautiful strong healthy connections in your life with the people in your life. You know, I think that 
it is, it's, it's relationships to me is, has been an obsession for a long time. Yeah. Do you remember when it started? I mean, I feel like I, I read my first, I remember reading A Path to Love by Deepak Chopra. I feel like I was like 19 or 20, you know, and, and before that kind of getting into like the metaphysical world, but and so I feel like romantic love was the kind of gateway for me. But then the more that I read about it, I realized, oh, but I am so deeply in love with all of my friends. And why is that any different? Just because I have sex with my romantic partners, you know, why is that different? And so then it became that place of, oh, but all of these apply to all, all relationships, like these kind of tenets, right, and pillars of connection and intimacy, they apply across the board but somehow we rank friendship so low on the totem pole. You know, it's like family. Oh no, maybe it's like romantic partner and then our family and then our friends, maybe coworkers first and then friends, you know, and I think that place of, which, which sucks to even rank them. Right. But I think I just was like, there's something that doesn't feel right about that when at the end of the day, our friends are the ones that shore us up the most. So what is your ranking? <sighs> In a lot of ways, it's friends first. Friends first. And then... Um, for a while, uh, family was actually like third. It was like friends, colleagues, family... And, well, if there was a romantic partner, they would be, they would be kind of in the same ranking, like friends and romantic would be kind of side by side. Because I, I just vowed to myself that I wouldn't be that kind of person that when I was in a romantic relationship, I would ditch my friends and, and forget them, you know, because yeah. I, I really, how many times have you seen the person that's like gone with someone and then broken up and then been like oh sorry friends I forgot about you and then you're like please take me back (laughs) yeah I mean that starts in what like sixth grade right yeah it does it's so weird (laughs) what do you have any guesses of why that is why we don't why do we ditch why do we tend to ditch our friends for a romantic partner? Mm. Well, thank you, you know, fairy tales and and rom-coms. You know, there's just a lot of ways that I feel like society really values that partnership more than anything, you know, and, and not to say that it isn't. I mean, I think that's the, the place where, you know, when I'm in it, they're kind of like on the same par because there's something, it, there is something really powerful about romantic relationships. It brings out both the gold and the shit in you in a way that no other relationship does, you know, and so there is this kind of potency in a romantic relationship and a way to self-discover and heal and evolve and grow. I mean, I really do feel like they are some of the most um, amazing vehicles for transformation, you know, and, and transcendence in the, in the world. We invite this person into our life. Right. Like learn from them, challenge me, 
Trigger me. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Right. Let's either yeah. grow together or not. Right. Or it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I do. I feel like they're kind of on par for me because in some ways friendships are in that way that, I mean, I've had friendships for 20 plus years, you know, like they've known me in and fucking out. Like they've seen me at my worst. They've seen me at my best. And they just know me in a way that no one else does. And at the same time, just like you do in a long-term romantic partnership, but can we still continue to see each other with fresh eyes? Because I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago, not even fucking five years ago. Like we're all changing and growing. So how do we do that journey together? You know, how do we do that dance together? Of We're all changing. Every day we're changing. And, but yeah, at the core, in a lot of ways, we're the same. Our essence is the same, you know? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing to explore because it seems like in some relationships, some people get stuck. Like they decide somebody is how they are. And and like, you know, it's like time stops in their mind. And yeah, of course, the person continues to evolve. Yeah. And evolve away from this image that the other person has of them yeah right yeah i mean so my best friend and i used to play these hypotheticals in high school you know and it was stuff like what if you meet the love of your life and like their family is fucking crazy you know like what do you do you know or what if you know meet that person and then they just have this like crazy weird thing that you just it just like drives you crazy you know so we just play these silly hypothetical games but one of the questions was you know what do you do what would you do if you meet someone and you start growing apart you know what would you do in that situation and I remember that to me felt the most heartbreaking of like growing apart from somebody and and maybe that was is a little bit of my obsession with relationships too. I'm like, why do we have to grow apart if like maybe we can stay committed to the connection, you know, and and committed to seeing each other with fresh eyes or, you know, being curious about our partners and making dates to to check in and like, hey, how are you? What's the latest in your world? And how can I continue to like meet your needs? What do you need these days? You know, how can we support each other? And like that place of, does it have to be like that? Do we have to grow apart? I mean, I know sometimes it's just nature does its thing, but I don't know. Again, well, that hypothetical, right? <laughs> right. And it sounds like connection is a big value of yours. Yeah, true. And I think yeah. it's a big value of mine too. So from that place of like uh, having connections a top value, I don't think we do have to grow apart because connection is everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's hard for me to understand this. <laughs> like as I wrap my head around the fact that other people don't value connection <laughs> the way I do. But I guess if you don't value connection, then no big deal. Grow apart. Yeah. Right. That's true that it might not impact them the same way that it would for you and I right. value it so deeply. Right. It wouldn't hurt as much. Right. So I've described this before, but for connection for me, like I actually have this visual of open energy flowing between open hearts. 
back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So people growing apart, that's like, you're like ripping. That's just the, ripping the energy out. You're ripping out that you're, it's like pulling a plug out of the socket. It's not a good idea. I wish people could see your face right now. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone face is so pained. Yes. And just like, she's just like, oh my God, this is like the worst thing. <laughs> Don't break the connection. Don't do it. Why? Yeah. We can change, like we can change all around that and keep the connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't prevent evolution at all. It promotes it. Right. Well, again, kind of going back to that place of, you know, we're, we're all in this together. Like, I really do believe that, you know, we're not meant to be little silos and, and hermits. And again, there's some people that do, and that's cool. Like they want to go live on a mountaintop and be a hermit. Like that's awesome. But that's actually not a big percentage of people. I think, you know, it's we're not social animals. Yeah. We're pack, yeah, we're pack animals, mm-hmm. like tribes and, and all of that. So, yeah, it's kind of the what if the focus was on then how do we have a healthy, connected pack, healthy, connected tribe where everyone's thriving and everyone feels seen and heard and loved and doing the things that they're really passionate about. Like I just I dream about that a lot of how different the world would be if that was true. And it sounds like you've created that in your life. Yeah, I have. Totally. I've, yeah, diligently created that for sure. I mean, in that way, I consider myself one of the wealthiest people in the world with my tribe. I really do. I mean, I have so many people that I could call in a moment's notice and they would just like be there for me and love me and support me. And, and in some ways I, I really saw that. So earlier this summer, I did a crowdfunding for my book that I'm writing for next year, you know, and I was just like, fuck, I can't do this alone. It's so much money to like write a book. And especially with the editing that I want to do, it's, you know, I'm getting top notch editing. It's not cheap. And rightfully so. Like, I don't want to skimp on this, right? It's one of the, the biggest kind of accomplishments in my life. I don't want to undervalue it. So but I was like, I just, I'm going to see if I can lean on my community, you know, for that. And, and I did it and I did it for a month and I just was blown away by like a hundred people donated to the campaign. I raised $6,000 in a month, you know, and I was just like, fuck, that speaks so strongly to my community that are like, fuck yeah, Natalie, we've been waiting for this. Can't wait to read your book. And, you know, they just all assembled, you know, and we're like, we got your back. And I, it just was like more than the money. I think it was that outpouring of love and support and cheerleading that, that came in that I was like, wow. And this is, you know, I'm going to get through thinking about like, this is what I've worked my whole life for, you know, to create this like amazing community of people that I love so dearly and would do anything for it and vice versa, you know? Yeah, that is true abundance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you're talking about being lifted up by your community, by this tribe that you have created that supports you, that lifts you up that I just picture like gold all around it, by the way. Um, and, and where do you feel that in your body, that support? Mm-hmm. 
Interestingly, I feel it in my throat and my heart. And um, and definitely in the heart space, I, th I think just the love, like, you know, kind of when we go back to what is love and, and feeling love, I think I just, I just so viscerally feel the love kind of that I've poured out kind of coming back in, you know, and just kind of filling, filling my heart space. But I think, interestingly, the throat express myself in the world, you know, like I can just be me, I can say whatever I want, I can, you know, kind of share my gifts, share my kind of loved unconditionally for that, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I so you're saying express like, and be me fully. So that support allows you to express yourself, to speak your truth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I used to feel so afraid to do that because will the people I love still love me if I did that? How did you change your perspective on that? I think that's something a lot of people struggle with like censoring themselves what they say in a conversation, what they post on social media, everywhere. How did you change? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of ironic, but the first thing that came to my mind or kind of counterintuitive was I think I had to get to the point of being okay with the idea of losing people to feel okay to express it and then realizing oh, actually, they're not going anywhere. Or at least the people that I love will keep loving me, you know. But I had to kind of be willing to lose them and be willing to have them leave and know that I can still be okay, like, within myself because I love myself and, and, I, and I'm committed to my own truth and, and being the most expressed version of myself, <laughs> And then realizing, oh, wait, they didn't leave in droves, <laughs> you know, because like that, that fear of, oh, my God, if I speak, like, it just, they're just all dispersed, you know, and then I'm going to like be alone because everyone's going to run for the hills. Right, it's that classic story that we tell ourselves, whether it's that everyone's going to run away or we're going to be homeless and living on the streets if we just, if we speak up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times yeah, opposite. True. And and I think it just oh, so many times the opposite happened and we never test it. You know, I think that's the thing. The fear prevents us from even testing to see if that's true or not. Mm. Right, cuz that experiment you can't the, that experiment is still being run with real people, with real relationships. Yeah. And I mean, and I would recommend baby steps, right? It's just kind of, you don't have to just all of a sudden just reveal all the craziest, scariest things, you know, it just, you can kind of reveal in, in increments, you know, and, and just kind of test the waters and see how that will be received in every situation. Um, and give yourself evidence to the contrary. Like one of my friends who's a hypnotherapist, she, you know, she calls it the evidence log. Like you can create evidence to the contrary of your fear. And so, you know, when, 
I first was questioning my bisexuality and my attraction to women. You know, I went to my best friend and my brother who felt the safest to me and, and talked to them about it. And when they came back just so loving and curious, which was not what I expected, I was like, oh, okay, okay. You know, like this wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, right? And it just kind of like you can titrate that kind of stuff. You can calibrate it. You know, you don't have to just fucking dive off the deep end and <laughs> you can do it in increments. I love, I love that. And I love that you just used the term titrate. Um, <laughs> I haven't thought of that word in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so interesting. We feel like we feel like we've got this locker of secrets, this locker of and we're all alone and so our only option is to keep it tightly closed because if we open it like everything will leak out. That's not quite the way it works. We're still we are in charge of that. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I think that is the biggest kind of fear and myth of this whole like Pandora's box thing, right? Of, oh God, the demons are just going to blow it open and then I have zero control over it and it's going to take me over and take my relationships over and take my life over and it's going to be one big mess, but it's just not like that. <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah, so we were talking before we started recording about how you've been experimenting in your life lately with relationships. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, so, you know, this, this was for me kind of growing up in my preteens. The question at that time was, oh my God, I have attraction towards women. Is, does this mean I'm lesbian? Does this mean I'm bisexual? Does this mean, you know, at one point I was like, I think I'm asexual. Maybe I'm not attracted to either sex, you know? And just this place of confusion and, and fear of exploring any of these paths because what would that mean? And, and also just kind of that religious kind of overtone around and you're going to go straight to hell if it's not the kind of what you know, religion dictates around what a relationship should be, right? So, so much of that was kind of like, can I just untangle all of that and let myself even just explore sex and sexual attraction? So were then, you raised in a religious family? Yeah, I was raised Orthodox Christian. Okay. Yeah, like went to private Orthodox Christian elementary school. Like we went to church a couple times a week. We did Bible study. We... Like that, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty regimented in that way. And, and, and I loved it. In a lot of ways, I actually really loved it because um, I, I think I am a deeply spiritual, faith-based person. But so much of kind of the religion and the kind of constraints around it did, just didn't work for me. I just didn't believe that God would be so, um, I don't know, regimented with loving people <laughs> you know like I'll love you if this but not if that like I just that just never landed for me I'm like I really feel like God's actually way more unconditional in, in his love or her love or its love you know and and um yeah so so much of that was kind of like can I 
get out of those boxes and the conditions around sex. And then it became a, and I tried the monogamy path and, and that was great in some ways and not great in other ways because I am a bisexual woman. I still am attracted to and want to have sex with women as well. Um, but it was like, okay, but if it's not monogamy, is it polyamory? And I don't really know if it's polyamory. So I just, in a lot of ways, it's been the last probably six, seven years that I've been on a quest in some ways to figure that out. And I really believe the only way you can figure that out is by experiencing it and experimenting because so much of it is in our heads, you know, just, it was always, all of this was always just very theoretical for me and conceptual. But I won't know how I feel and if it really lands for me, which is why I love the question of your body, right? Like, where is that in your body? It's like, I'm not going to know unless I really feel it in my body and I really experience these different kinds of relationships and connections and then check in, like, does this work for me? Does this feel good for me? Is this fulfilling for me? Um, Am I turned on by this? Do I feel present in this, you know? and and just keep trying different things out and then checking in after each experience. Like, how was that? What did you love about this? What did you not love about this? What would you change about this? What would you not change about this? You know, and so it has, it's been a huge kind of experimentation since probably like 2011, 2012. I think this is amazing because so many people like were raised, whether whether or not religion plays a part in what we hear as kids, but we're raised to just think that there's a certain way that relationships work. Yeah. We see. And I think most people would, or it seems like they just would be terrified to give themselves the permission to experiment with something as, big as relationships yeah so what was it like when you first gave yourself that permission um it was both exhilarating and terrifying and I think that's usually the two feelings we have with anything that's new and unknown and uncharted you know it's kind of like like both can exist. That's the paradox. Like we can be scared fucking shitless and also super excited and, and anticipatory, you know? And, and I I remember the thing that, again, it's like the thing that scared me the most was not the trying it out. It was the, Oh my God, how am I going to explain this to my friends? What are they going to think? You know, and, and then there was also this weird thing of like, oh my God, what if I really, really love this? What does that mean? Like, does this mean my whole life is going to change now? And I'm not going to be this like crazy, like poly girl that's like dating like a bunch of people. And, you know, and again, this weird thing of like, I don't have control in some ways of how I live my life. Um, Cause I can, I can still control that. I can still decide how many people I'm in a relationship with, who I have sex with, how long I have sex with people. Like I, I am the ultimate creator of my life, but it just, it just felt so scary to feel like I'm just going to, again, that whole, like, I'm just going to just dive off a cliff and 
not know if I'm going to land or if I'm going to crash and if I'm going to be able to pick myself back up and <laughs> be the same person that I was before. Are you? No, I'm actually not. I mean, actually, in some ways I am. That's the, that's the thing. Like, in essence-wise, I'm still the same person. I'm still the person that loves super, super, super big, that has a huge heart, that's super compassionate, that, um, that really believes in freedom and change and adventure and exploration. And in some ways, I'm not. I give way less fucks about what other people think. Um, I'm way more concerned about the, the connections between people and I will address and confront situations way more head on. Um, especially when I feel disconnection, like what we were talking about earlier, if there's any time I feel in any of my relationships where I'm like, why do I feel like I'm pulling away from this person? Why do I feel hesitant to speak up about something? Why do I feel, um, shy or just like not myself it's usually an indication that I'm feeling disconnected from them in some way and I will lean into that these days versus lean out and I'll tell them like I don't know why I feel disconnected I just feel like I have to say it and like are you feeling this on your end and you know I just want to address I just want to address it and and come to you with it instead of being on my side assuming a whole bunch of shit making up a whole bunch of stories about what's happening in our connections it sounds like you've just stepped into a new level of empowerment yeah that's probably the biggest difference you're right is i just i do i feel way more powerful and um like at at effect or no at cause right? Cause mm -hmm. versus effect. Yeah. Like at cause versus at effect of things. Like you create your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, full circle, right. To freedom. Like mm -hmm. I want people to feel free to create their life. Like they have the ability the power and the um, permission for that. And how cool is that? Really? Like <laughs> we get to, Make it all up as we go along. Yeah. I think it's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> popular to, like, contrary to popular belief, like, you actually can create your life. And it can be awesome. Yes. This is why I love your tagline, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, one thing I'm curious about, too, in your exploration of relationships. So I learn a lot about myself through training for a triathlon. Oh yeah. And I'm curious as you're exploring relationships and I'm sure you're learning a lot about other people. You're learning a lot about love and connection and different styles of relationships and, and intimacy. Are you also learning a bunch of stuff about yourself? I actually think that's the main thing that happens with me in the exploration. I feel like relationships are some of the most powerful vehicles to for self-discovery and self-transformation because there's only so much we can see when we're alone in our little bubble, but other people are such mirrors for us. Like they just, they do, they point out all of our amazing things. They point out all of our shadow things. They point out, you know, it just, it wouldn't come out 
if there wasn't another person there to interact with, you know? So I do, I feel like I've grown so much, like leaps and bounds. I mean, in some ways I'm like, I've been in boot camp, you know, like self discovery boot camp for the last like six years because I have been actively like connecting with people and like, Oh, that was interesting. Why did I, with that person, like get all angry and snappy, you know, but with this person, I, I felt much more, compassionate and understanding you know like just but that's about me not about them you know so what have you learned so far about myself yeah oh man good question um I mean stuff even came up the other day like while I've been in Maui with one of my partners you know I just I I noticed this place where I have a lot of expectations around my interactions with people and it's such a way for me to feel safe you know and like because I kind of don't trust that they're gonna like be there for me in some ways or that they care you know I have such this story that people are so selfish and um And so it was so interesting to kind of see that play out where she's like, but what do you mean? I've been giving you so much. Right. And like my filter was like that she wasn't, you know, and that she was totally thinking about herself. And it was such an old story for me. like kind of that, that thing of, you know, they, it always points back to your childhood. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, I totally growing up felt invisible. I felt like, everyone else's stuff was more important than mine. Like there was so much chaos in the household. And so if I'm not like helping other people and bringing peace and and love and generosity, like I would be forgotten, you know, and I'm trying to control my environment, like that kind of stuff where I'm like, man, I control, I try and control my environment so much more than I thought I'd do. And it doesn't seem like that being such a freedom lover as I am and like an adventure lover, but like I, there's, still a lot in there like where I just don't trust that things are gonna like work out super well and so I get very controlling I there's so much wisdom in what you just said (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting with that last last bit too about just not trusting still not trusting for somebody who it seems like you embody the trust of the universe, the support. You just experience the support of your friends, of your tribe. And yet you still struggle with wanting to control it all. Yeah. Because you have to do it alone. And because I just have this knee jerk reaction of when shit goes down, I go off into my cave and I go and I lick my wounds and I try and figure it out by myself and I process it. And when I'm done, I come back out. I'm like, all right, this is what I've learned, you know, but like my stretch so much of the time is to kind of show my mess Mm. and show when I'm breaking down and to trust that like the people in my life are going to be able to kind of like be there with me and hold me and love me and support me in it and that I don't have to do it on my own. So that theme just keeps coming back. Yeah. We don't have to do, this isn't just you. This isn't just Natalie. (laughs) No. We don't have to do it on our own. No, I know. I know. 
And it is everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So I don't know where we get that idea. You know, it's so easy to, to trace back some of the things we pick up, but the idea that we have to do it by ourselves. I mean, yeah. I guess parents tend to celebrate, yeah, you did it all by yourself. So maybe that's, maybe it's that simple. Yeah, but it is a weird thing around the um, lone wolfing, right? Like, and I get it. I mean, parents have a fucking hard job, man, to to both yeah. let you know how loved you are and, like, they'll always be there for you. But it's like, but don't – I'm not always going to be here for you. Like, I need you to, like, figure this out for yourself too, right? And to, to be a self-functioning, self-sustaining member of society, you know? Like, it's it's – it's hard to get it. Like the older I get, I'm like, man, that is a delicate dance to, to teach someone to be self-responsible, but also not to go into that side of feeling alone and hyper-independent too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> Sounds really hard. <laughs> I'm like, the world is my, the world's children are my children. Yes. <laughs> the world's adults are my grown children. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. I know. It is funny how it keeps coming back, right? Like all these themes of like connection and tribe and, and like just really being able to like lean on each other and not have to do it alone. Like it just, I mean, I feel like that's why. Like for me, I've felt like relationships are my life lesson, you know, because it does, it feels so important and not, it doesn't get as much airtime as a lot of other things do, especially in kind of like our U.S. culture, right? Where the things we value around material success and working really hard and like it just like, sure, those are important and, but not at the expense of. Our, our connections and our family and our friends and our loved ones, you know, kind of like, why can't it be both? I think I, that's another theme too for you and for all of us that the world isn't black or white. Yeah. Yeah. It's black and white and gray and purple and every other color. Yeah. We don't it have is. to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's this whole range mm-hmm. that and I think that's why I love um encouraging people to explore you know because you won't know the range until you get out there and start to question and discover and experience it you know like we just kind of live in that safety of of the binary of the black and the white of the good and the bad and you know, right and wrong and just all these ways that it's like one or the other. And until you decide to say, I wonder what's outside of these boxes, like you won't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much easier to explain everything, right? If it's just one A or B. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets so right. That's true. When there's unlimited options. <laughs> <laughs> right what is it like champagne problems like oh there's so many things <laughs> for me to like experience and 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 have and love that I can have and 
choices of things to do as a profession and like yeah yeah but isn't that a good problem to have <laughs> yeah and I think humans are best with deciding I think like four or fewer things is our yeah. like our our decision making power place that's true that's a really good point because I remember reading this in my when I was in business school they talked about Trader Joe's we were doing case studies and they talked about how their business model is so powerful because they actually don't give you a lot of options mm. you know it's not like a grocery store supermarket when you have 50 different cereals to choose from right they're like we'll give you like five maybe ten you know and it's a very limited and it just that's why it makes the shopping experience so much easier. You go in, you know your things, you grab them, you get out, right? And it just, it's not the overwhelm of too many choices. So I was like, oh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> this is interesting. Is, it, is Trader Joe's is a, a place where I don't think they, I don't think I've ever been asked, did you find everything you're looking for? Because the answer would always be no, but I found a bunch of other things. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Which is also like Target. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about magic because you are a very magical human. Oh. And how, how did you step into that? Oh man, step into the magic. Mm. Again, going back to like when I was a kid, I totally loved fairies and you know just the, this whole fantasy world that felt like it was you know more than meets the eye I'm like there's just so much more I just feel like there's so much more than what what we see here with our our eyeballs and um and I think it's also that faith part too you know because that's a funny thing I don't think magic and faith and God are that different Mm. I use different words for the same things. It's so interesting to me. Like, I don't, I don't think of magic as that different than miracles. Like, it's kind of the same to me. And can we open up to, to these experiences that might not make sense with our brains, but are still very real and unexplainable? And so the more that I kind of like went down that path, I'm like, I don't know, just, I think the more I deepened in spirituality, the more I really leaned into magic. I love that description. Yeah. They are, they're interwoven, just mm. different words. Yeah. And I'm with you. Magic and miracles are the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And intuition. I feel like that's another way for me to describe magic. It's like this knowing that we all have that we don't access. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't even know that we have this well of wisdom inside that, you know, cause again, like if I were to describe it in the words of kind of Christianity, like we are all made in the image of God, we are all godlike. So why wouldn't we have access to this abundance of wisdom and truth and love that God is, you know, like we all have that inside. Yes. I was listening to 
Oprah, um, her podcast with Iana the other day, and she talked oh. about how she she was raised in a very Christian household, but when she was five, I think she was hospitalized with a skin infection, and that's when she first met God, and God was inside her. God was, she realized that that voice came from within. Yeah, I know. I feel like I had to take a deep breath because that just feels so true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's it's the way I don't know. That just feels so true to me. Like we're yeah. all such magical creatures. To me, we're all magical creatures. And whenever I do workshops around, you know, intuition and magic and mysticism, you know, it really is like bringing people back home to their own truth and their own capabilities and their own connection to what's greater Mm. yeah like I'm not actually teaching anybody anything new (laughs) you know I'm just like guiding you back to yourself really like that little kid wisdom and you know and that's why they say like little kids are so right they're so wise and they're so magical and they're so like intuitive and it's like yeah we we like beat it out of them you know like we we unlearn it like as we get older and it's like kind of bringing you back to that essence place i love it i think of it as i help people remember yeah i love that too that's so good because we already know it yeah we do we totally do cover ourselves in so much shit that needs to be cleaned off yeah oh I know I know and that's that place too of like to me the turn on the magic like again all of these are just different ways of saying that that kind of joy and bliss and and um excitement that we all have inside and we did when we were kids you know and like, can we, I love the way that you said it, kind of uncover all the gunk that's put on top to get back to those gems and those jewels that we all have and had as kids, that just pure joy and connection and love. Yeah. And at some point along the way, we also come up with this belief that we're not worthy of having that joy, that connection, that magic, all the gold that is within us. Yeah. Right. I know, which is so tragic to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's the most tragic thing because we all are, de- we are all deserving, you know? I mean, again, like we're all worthy of God's love, right? We're all worthy of, you know, and I keep these days saying God more because I've kind of come back to like reclaiming that word to me in the most purest essence of the word, which is love, you know? And you know, that universal truth of like love and connection. Again, connection, like back to connection, you know, and, but we are like, we were born out of that. So of course we're deserving of that and kind of created to continue that. Yeah. I I really like the way you just said that we're created to continue that. We just have to remember to do it. And how to do it. Right. Yeah. Which is already so innately in us. Right. Yeah. We already have all the answers. Yeah. 
I really think we do. Natalie, you are such a gift. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Oh, thanks. How can people learn more about you? Uh, you can go to thisturnedonlife.com or my full name, nataliebartanian.com is, I'll admit, it's a little bit of an outdated website, um, but all of the information is there um, around tarot readings and coaching sessions and the book that's coming up soon and um, blogs that I've written. Um, yeah, it's all there. And I'm and on Facebook you, and Instagram. Do you have a new um, tarot offering or a, an, an end of year thing? Oh, yeah. So this is the third year that I've been doing this. I do these reports where I pull a card for you, a tarot card for you for each month of the year. So I'll do a card for this past year, kind of an overview and um, like a reflection card and then a, a card for the, the year coming forward, like an overview card. But then I pull a card for you every month. So then you have this PDF that you can reference throughout the year. Um, and I've had a number of people that either use it as like the, they'll check it every month to see kind of what's coming or they'll look at it at the end of the month or a couple months later. And they're just like, how the hell, you know, like it just, it, it kind of is in that again, it's a mystery, right? Like, I don't know, but it just, it somehow it's always spot on with kind of what's trending for you that month. Right. Or what you should be paying attention to or um, like working on for the month. So yeah, it's a, it's a personalized tarot forecast report that I do for people. And so that's on there too. Awesome. All right. And I've got experience with your tarot work and it's amazing. Always <laughs> accurate and insightful. Thanks. Yeah. And again, that's also one of those mystery places. Like I've been reading tarot for now, gosh, I want to say it's like close to 12, 13 years. And every time it, it surprises me too. I mean, it just, it is that place of like, you kind of drop into this very connected, mysterious place. And it's always the messages that you need to hear to help you remember. Always. Always. Because <laughs> we are so supported. Yeah. Abundance, baby. Oh, <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much, Natalie. Oh, thanks, Kelsey. This is so sweet. And thank you so much for what you're doing, too, to help people remember and remember they're awesome. It's thank you. Beautiful work in the world that you do. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.